Hello, everyone. This is Myra with Holly Pulley's Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga podcast. We just finished a one-month training with Japanese students. I love seeing adults who are willing to take the time to get to know themselves inside, as these students have done. Most of them have found themselves dissatisfied with shallow activities and orienting their lives around consumption. They're looking for something deeper that has substance, and what a worthwhile pursuit. This is truly giving to yourself, which then gives us the space to give freely to others. So why do so many of us find ourselves in this state of dissatisfaction? Well, it begins with the mind. An untrained mind is typically fragmented, and that dissipates our energy. We're replaying the past, we're dancing out in the future, and I see this as stealing the present from ourselves. We'll do all kinds of things to avoid the present, although this is really where all of our power is in life. The type of energy that we cultivate in this present moment actually dictates our future experiences. Stealing from ourselves, robbing ourselves of the present moment, an interesting idea. What we're talking about here is asteya, the third of Patanjali's yamas and niyamas. Asteya means non-stealing. Right? So, of course, don't steal from your neighbor. Don't take what isn't yours. This is a commonly understood social contract. But what about stealing from yourself? What does that look like? You can steal from yourself by making agreements that don't serve you. You can agree to get caught up in someone else's problems or agree to relive past travesties over and over again. You can agree to regularly distract yourself from feelings of discomfort through relationships or social media, food or narcotics. Whatever shape it takes for you, the overall effect of these kinds of agreements or choices is a fragmentation of your vital energy. There's so much happening on the planet that it's just distraction for us. We're attracted to all the allure of many things in life, I had a student many years ago who had started practicing yoga and wanted to be a teacher as a young woman. Then she met a man. She got married. She raised six children, became a lawyer, a grandmother, and then retired, and then came back to be a yoga teacher. It was a great thing for her to do in retirement, but she had regret about not having done it earlier. I work with many people who find themselves eating what others want them to eat, and feeling miserable from the food, and then judging themselves for having done it. It's easy to lose focus these days, and this is why it's so important to consciously stay focused on your priorities in life. Sometimes people say, I don't know what I want. And really, this is another way to steal from yourself. We can get so disconnected that we feel like we don't know anything. But at some point, we have to make a choice and go for something. Then we can see what happens and go from there. It's when we try to control the course of our lives too closely that we actually steal the miracles from ourselves. Letting life unfold allows the space for the miracles, most of which we've yet to even imagine. Most of us grow up with the things we think we're supposed to do or that we should do. Then we find out that, yes, there's some good in it, but our truth is different. Some people find themselves 10 years into a career they never wanted, but it was what their parents thought they should do. 
I did that once, not because they thought I should do it, but I have a very wrong motive for doing it. And then it took me 10 years to figure that out. We do this in our relationships as well. Staying with someone because he or she has all the right qualifications, but the relationship has no depth or substance, for example. Consider that our most important relationship is with our source or the God of your heart. And the next is with ourselves. And then all the people and creatures in our lives. This gives us a foundation to step into ourselves more fully. It allows us to come to know the unchanging part of ourselves. And this gives us the courage and support to make choices and then venture into the world. We can learn to concentrate and focus. And this is the key to practicing asteya. So how do we learn to concentrate better? Well, here's one approach. When we're clear about our priorities in life, then we know the things we need to focus on. Remember back in January, I suggested that you make a list of your top five priorities to serve as your guiding light for the year. And if you haven't done this already, now is a great time to start. Then, on a regular basis, look at your list of top five priorities in life. Make sure everything you're doing is, is within those priorities and don't do anything that's outside of them. The exception might be if you were considering changing one of them, as in some major life change. And that wouldn't be happening very often. And next, make plans for those priorities. Learning from the past and just looking forward. And then we move into the task at hand, just what's right in front of you. Staying with it to completion. You know, when we complete things, whether it's the house cleaning, your asana, or preparing a great meal, we get a sense of satisfaction. And that's something that helps to build confidence and helps us enjoy life. I know it might seem like a roundabout way to learn to concentrate, but not really. You could say it's going from the macro to the micro, from the big picture to the details. When we have a sense of where we are, it's much easier to focus on the details in front of us because we know it's part of the whole. Then we'll be willing to finish it. Completing a task is one of the best ways to learn to concentrate. We have everyone in Holly Pulley help clean the house thoroughly every Saturday. I can always tell when someone is thinking about something else instead of what they're doing because things get moved and they don't get put back in their home. And the same thing happens in yoga asana practice, quitting before you actually finish the pose completely. So the notion then of finishing the pose and coming back to your starting point is really important for training the mind. And we sort of slough off or don't really complete what we started. This allows the mind to be lazy, and then the mind doesn't really want to concentrate. Life is in the details. That's where the richness of life resides, and the way we experience that is by staying with the details of whatever we're doing. Washing the dishes, cleaning the house, writing an email, talking with a friend or a coworker. I was given washing the dishes as one of my yoga practices to learn to pay attention to the here and now. Observe the dish, the effect of the soap. How does the water feel and sound? What about the birds outside? 
engaging all five senses in what you're doing. When Rebecca, who works with us at Halikuli, needs to settle her energy, she goes to the Lang Lang tree in the back corner of the property, picks a flower, and sits down to smell it for a while. Sometimes she brings it to her desk to pick up every now and then. Another way to learn to focus is with pranayama, or conscious breathing. The practice of nadi shodhana for cleansing the nadis of ida, which is related to the moon and cooling in the body, and pingala, which is related to the sun and the heating in the body. So these are the two nostrils. So let me just walk you through that. Sitting tall in a comfortable position, eyes closed. Use your right hand only. Bend the index and middle fingers in to touch the pad of your thumb. And use your ring finger and your thumb like a gentle claw on your nostrils. Ring finger goes on the left nostril and thumb on the right. Start with a natural inhale through both nostrils. Then close the left nostril with the ring finger and exhale slowly and smoothly as possible on the right. And then inhale slowly and smoothly through the right nostril. And then close the right and open the left to exhale very slowly and smoothly on the left. Then inhale on the left, closing the left, and that's one round. Then open the right and exhale, and then you're starting the next round. Now the exhale should be twice as long as the inhale, and both should be as slow, slow, slow as possible. Count using OM1, OM2, or something like that, that just helps to slow you down. So first you have to find out what your exhale is comfortably, and then you inhale for half the count, taking as much air as you like. So it's exhale, inhale on the right, exhale, inhale on the left, and that's one round. So it's good to start with six rounds and then make sure you keep your eyes closed the whole time and that you meditate for five minutes afterwards. You know, you can count the sections of your left index finger and the tips of the other fingers on your left hand with your thumb to count to six. And that'll help you keep track of where you are. And if you lose track of where you are, that's okay. Just start again. Keep your right shoulder relaxed and your tongue relaxed in the bottom of your mouth while you're doing Nadi Shodhana. Enjoy the process and then enjoy the benefits and the benefits will accumulate over time. On our YouTube channel, there's a video as well that will walk you through it. Having primarily sattvic food with some rajas and reducing tamasic food, that's going to allow your mind to calm down and be able to focus more easily. Avoiding stimulants in food and drink can make a huge difference in our ability to focus. You know, if you're drinking caffeine and you're stimulating yourself and then you have trouble focusing, well, then that makes perfect sense. That's a good body. So we have to decide what's more important, satisfying our sense pleasures or having the satisfaction of feeling good. Hmm. When we learn to concentrate and stay present, we can respect and appreciate our desires and our goals. Then what we're doing right now is most important. And it's easier to really put our best in each thing we do. Out in the future, hanging in the past steals the present. 
and your full presence from those you interact with. So let's find ways then to stay present and really enjoy the depth of life. That's what I do, and I really have a good time, most all the time. The practices of yoga and Ayurveda support us to become more aware of our environment so that we can be more considerate of others, ourselves, and enjoy life more fully. Thanks for listening. I'll be in Australia from May 16th to June 9th hosting workshops and consultations. I'll be making stops in Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, and Byron Bay. Registration is open. Take a look at the website, hollypoulet.com, for details. So that I can clearly connect with my students, the workshops are intimate. Reserve your spot today, and we'll dive into the joy of Ayurveda and yoga together in person. And as a reminder, we offer trainings, clinical, professional, and personal mentoring and Ayurvedic health consultations that can guide you along your journey to vibrant living. If you're ready to take the next step, visit hollypule.com. That's H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E.com. In Ayurveda, we understand that we each have a unique constitution. Halipule's tridoshic approach is ideal for families and supports multiple constitutions. You can cultivate sattva in cooking, knowing that you're making meals that support everyone's constitution. Subtle adjustments may be required, but it doesn't need to be a stress point. To learn our tridoshic approach to create nourishing meals, Join simple Ayurvedic cooking with Halepule. The recipes are easy, delicious, and will leave you feeling energized. And the link to join is in our show notes.